Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Back at the Wall Pod, the last episode of the 2022-23 MLB offseason, as we are just two days away from opening day. My name is Zach, joined by Ezra, as always. Ezra, how's it going today? I'm doing great. Couldn't be more excited. How about you? I'm doing great as well. We're so close. Baseball is basically back. Real baseball is really back, I should say. Although we did have such a very fun uh, March of baseball compared to normal, thanks to the WBC. If you didn't yet check out our last episode about the recap of the World Baseball Classic, go check it out now. Uh, but we're here today to talk about the regular 2023 MLB season and kind of give our predictions on each division, plus uh, maybe our postseason picks as well. Last year, um, Ezra, I want to hear your predictions. My predictions, I had the Blue Jays beating the Phillies in six games in the World Series. So I did get the Phillies part right. Um, the Phillies did lose in six games uh, to the Astros. Ezra, what was your prediction? Do you remember from last year? If I remember correctly, I think you were definitely a whole lot closer than I was. But I, I think I had Seattle and L.A. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's right. Right? Yeah. Did I have Seattle winning that in games? I think I had that going to a game seven. Maybe Seattle. Yeah, that, that not, sounds I'm right. I'm not 100% sure. But I, I definitely, definitely had the Mariners. I definitely remember Seattle versus the Dodgers. I just don't remember, yeah, how many games. But, uh, yeah, either the Mariners were a good team. They're going to be good again this year. So are the Dodgers, obviously. Um, so... Without further ado, let's jump into our predictions. We're going to start off with the AL going AL east to west, and then we will do the same for the NL. Um, so let's just jump into it with the, with the AL east. I'll start, get started with that. So, of course, the reigning champions are the New York Yankees in the AL east, and they are projected to do it again. They re-signed Aaron Judge, of course, to that massive deal, added to their pitching staff with Carlos Rodon. And the real concern here is the injury bug. Um, they're really already quite banged up in spring training. Uh, nothing crazy long, it appears that way at least, for now, um, except Frankie Montas will miss most of the season. But for the most part, it's just a lot of short-term, kind of small injuries that we'll see how they develop. Uh, the big news out of Yankees camp, though, is Anthony Volpe, the top, their top prospect and the number five overall prospect, according to MLB.com, has made the roster uh, and will be the opening day shortstop, which is big and a much uh, much needed boost out of the shortstop position for the Yankees at uh, compared to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Um, but this is this really was a tale of two teams last year for the Yankees. They were on pace for like 110, 120 wins in the first half of the season, and then played 500 ball for the second half. Um, so I think we're you know it's fair to expect something in the middle because it's a pretty wide range in the middle of those those fields but um they are going to be favorites to repeat they're a very talented team um and I'm, I'm sure they'll kind of finish somewhere in the mid, mid like high mid to high 90s is my guess in terms of wins um but this is one of the most if not the most competitive division in baseball and there is going to be teams right up their tails the entire season notably the toronto blue jays um a very talented roster themselves. They did go over quite some turnover uh, this year compared to previous seasons. They traded Teoscar Hernandez, traded Lourdes Gurriel, brought in Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermaier, uh, Brandon Belt, Chris Bassett, to name a few. Um, they really did a good job revamping the outfield, give them more defense and speed in exchange for kind of a bit of a downgrade in offense with Teoscar. Um, but 
the, they remain a very good team, a very, very strong one-two punch that will compete with Cole and um, and Carlos Rodon for the Yankees is Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman for the Blue Jays, a very formidable top two in the rotation. They've improved the bullpen. They've added Eric Swanson. They've added some velo. Chad Green will was a nice signing as well, and he'll be in there midseason. Um, so they're going to be another very competitive team. Probably looking at a wild card at this point, but maybe they'll be able to sneak past the Yankees for the division. Um, and then beyond that, the Rays and Orioles and Red Sox are the other three teams. The Rays and Orioles are more similar than you'd think compared to previous years. I think there's a lot of similarities between them. Both teams have developed prospects very well. Of course, the, the Rays do it through like a bunch of nobodies, whereas the Orioles just gained first first overall picks from a bunch of years, or first round picks, I should say. Uh, near the top of the draft for many years when they were rebuilding, but have done a really good job. Notably, um, Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson are really good players that are going to make an impact for them this season. Cedric Mullins is an all-star. The real problem with this team is they did not spend any money over the offseason, and that's exactly what the situation is with the Rays. They had good teams and really didn't supplement, add pieces to them where they needed. The Rays signed Zach Eflin, but that was about it. Um, the Orioles, like really nothing big beyond like Kyle Gibson and a couple other very small things. So um, that's the reason I'm not as high on those two teams as they could be, but they are still very talented teams, should play well above 500 baseball, um, especially the Rays. We'll see how it goes, but they're kind of in similar boats in that sense. And then finally, the Red Sox are kind of in this weird position of mediocrity. They still have a lot of big contracts on the books, but themselves did go through some turnover as well, losing J.D. Martinez and uh, a couple other guys, um, Xander Bogarts as well, of course. Um, so they did add Masataka Yoshida. They are going to have a healthy Chris Sale for now. Um, but the pitching remains a huge depth problem there. And even though they have a pretty good offense and they signed Devers to that massive long-term deal, the depth there is really the big concern that I have and why I don't really see them performing much much better than they did last year. Although I do think they'll be a little better. Uh, they should benefit as well from playing more games outside of the AL East this season. Has there any thoughts on, on kind of those teams? I said, I, by the way, will take the Yankees winning the division narrowly over the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays making a wild card similar to what happened this past season. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably with you there. Um, but I will, I'll give your Blue Jays some credit. And uh, I think they're, they, I don't think it's as big of a, you know, there's not a massive gap between the two for sure. Um, and I think the Blue Jays, if they get hot, I mean, they're as good as any team in baseball. Um, I do think the Yankees, you know, they did get better, and especially with Volpe coming up, who knows how it would perform at the big league level because there's, a, again, there's a big gap between what? He was really in double A, I think, and triple A. Yeah, I believe he had like, 10 or 15 games at AAA, something like that. Could yeah, have more. so he's played well there. So, but still, there's always that that jump. Um, and it may take some time for him to adjust. But I do think, yeah, the Yankees will probably just barely edge them out. Um, but it's going to be close. And both of those teams um, are, you know, can easily go, you know, deep into the playoffs. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I do think the Orioles, I mean, if you look at the Rays too, you talk about the Orioles not spending money. I think the Orioles can be even a bit more excused than the Rays are. 
um, given that they're just a rebuilding team. Whereas I think the Rays not spending money is starting to catch up with them a bit because this model that they've had of, you know, finding guys, it works until you just have no star power and you have nobody who's, you know, who really scares other teams. Um, and I think you want to win, you got to spend money. You can do it with these uh, money ball type, you know, franchises. It's, it works a bit, but, you know, sustainable stretches of winning usually happens with a, some amount of spending. I'm not saying Artie Moreno type contracts, but I'm saying you've got to go out there and get guys and they haven't really done it. So I don't have a lot of confidence in them. I would think the Orioles could, could jump them pretty easily. Um, and I, the Orioles, I would say, you know, I'm not going to pick them this year, but they're a team I would definitely look out for next year or the year after. Um, but I'll, I'll stay with the Yankees. Yeah, fair enough. We should mention, like, of those star power, I agree. But their season will definitely depend on Wander Franco's health just because he was hurt for so much of last season that no doubt hurt them. Um, that's definitely a big factor for them. Uh, but, yes, overall, I agree with that. And so we both have the Yankees winning the division this year. Okay. I think that I think I really do think it'll be a close race all year long with the Jays. Um, they're just such a talented team. And, you know, Another step forward uh, from Vladi and Bo, plus the additions of Dalton Varsho and a couple other vets, I think are really going to help them. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think it'll be a, a much closer race this year than it was last year. I just don't see the Yankees getting out to a you know, pace of 120 wins again. Maybe I'll be wrong, but that just seems like a, like, like a likely outcome. And so I think the race should be a little more interesting. But... Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how much better they do playing outside the AL East as well. And we should mention before moving on, I think just a reminder of what we were talking about there. Uh, with part of the uh, new changes in the rules this year is a balanced schedule. And what this means is that teams are playing fewer games within the division because they're going to be playing every single team in baseball at least once. So instead of interleague play only happening like, you know, once every three years for each division to match up, if that makes sense. Um, like the ALEs would only play the NL West once every three years. Now every team's going to play every team at least one series per year, which means fewer with interdivision games, which uh, or within intradivision games. Excuse me. Anyway, um, that's what we're talking about here, and we're going to talk about that more with the next division, is which is the AL Central. Um, the AL Central is kind of the weakest team of the of the pack in the AL. Uh, headlined by the Cleveland Guardians, who are heavy favorites. I'm going to take them, no doubt about it. We really don't need to spend too much time about it. But this is just such a better team than the rest of the division. It'll be worth monitoring the Twins and White Sox because they were both expected to be better than the Guardians last season, and they just kind of didn't do anything and highly underwhelmed. But the Guardians are a very deep team, very, uh, very talented, especially on the pitching front. The real question is, do they have enough offense? But powered by Jose Ramirez, Oscar Gonzalez probably taking a step forward. Um, Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw's glove in center. It's a good team. Headlined by Shane Bieber in the rotation. The best closer in baseball, Emmanuel Classe in the, in, the, in the bullpen. There's a lot to be excited about for the Guardians. A young team. They played the game. They should benefit really from the shift ban as well because they're, they're just a team that always puts the bat on ball, makes a lot of contact. Um, but the real question, again, is this whole division, how are they going to react? How are they going to be impacted by the fact that they're playing better teams outside their division more often now? 
right? No more feasting off the Royals and the Tigers at the bottom of the division. Uh, that that sentiment goes for the Twins and White Sox as well, two very talented teams who had pretty productive off seasons, especially the Twins who were able to bring back Carlos Correa after he signed with the Mets and Giants. Um, but they improved. They also did acquire Pablo Lopez, but it did cost them Luis Arias. But good teams, again, uh, the real question for both the White Sox and Twins are is depth and injury-prone players. Um, you know, Buxton, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Robert Jr., uh, and all come to mind of guys who kind of are very injury-prone. And so seeing them kind of stay healthy, it's key because the depth there is just not great. Uh, the one guy I'm going to say on the White Sox that I'm really intrigued by is Oscar Colas. He's one of the top prospects that is going to debut with the team. So I'm curious to see if he can uh, uh, play up to his expectations and become a star in right field for them. Uh, with the Twins, I kind of just think it's, it really depends on the health of Correa and Buxton because they're two, when they're healthy, MVP caliber players, but are very injury prone and have long track records of injury. Um, so that'll be worth keeping an eye on. And then really the Tigers' most notable part of their season is going to be Miguel Cabrera's farewell tour. That'll be a really cool uh, experience for Tigers fans in an era where they just haven't had much to cheer about in basically a decade now. Um, and the Royals, one player to, to watch, literally Bobby Wood Jr. That's it. If he can take that next step forward and become a perennial MVP candidate, and that can become the floor that they have building in future years, I think this team is basically two years away, maybe even one, from really, really contending because they've got a really young squad Lots of upside, MJ Melendez, uh, Vinny Pascantino, Nicky Lopez, just lots of guys who aren't really super productive yet, but really intriguing. It's the pitching where they lack beyond really Brady Singer, who, you know, is fine. Not much depth there. Yeah, I'm with you again. I think I'll just talk about the Royals quickly because um, you, you know, finish with them. We, you know, I think we know that the Guardians are probably going to win that division. Um, the Twins, I mean, maybe. I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's dependent on a couple of their key guys. Um, and it's a team that really still lacks um, a lot of the pieces, I think, that you need to contend. And this isn't a division where you need a lot to contend, if we're being honest, right? You could take, you know, multiple teams out of the AL East, NL East, you know, NL West, put them in the Central, they'd probably, you know, win it pretty easily. Um, not knocking the Guardians there, but back to the Royals. Yeah, I, I think they have some talent that a lot of people want to watch too. Like Pasquantino, we all know him, I think, a bit now from the uh, World Baseball Classic. He's super active out there. Um, Bobby Witt Jr., obviously exciting player. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, they might be two years away, um, but they could be a really fun team to watch in a division where the Guardians might just end up running away with it. And do you really want to watch 500 baseball with the Twins or the White Sox, who seemingly took 15 steps back um, really in the last year? Um, you know, so I think there's something to be said about a, a team like the Royals that, yeah, they're probably not going to compete, but they could be a little bit like the Orioles of last year where they make a sneaky little run, they get close, probably not all the way there, um, but still a fun team to watch. Um, especially, in, again, in that division that really isn't exciting um, and doesn't have a whole lot of star power, star, you know, talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
not much else there. Uh, let's move on to the AL West. I'll let you speak first uh, this time. Yeah, moving on to the AL West. The AL West, obviously one of the more interesting divisions now in recent years um, with the Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers, and A's. The A's obviously are probably, you know, not going to be competing. As we all know, they are, they've made it pretty clear that they won't be. Um, and I'll kind of start from the bottom up here um, with the Rangers, who I think are probably still the fourth place team in that division. You know, some really big key pieces there, um, you know, parts of a winning team, but obviously not enough. Um, you know, you have Semyon and Corey Seager and now adding Jacob deGrom, but that's not enough. Um, and those are really expensive pieces on a team that doesn't have a whole lot else. Pitching is actually not as bad as, as um, their record might say. They've got a couple guys who I think are, are solid pitchers. I would argue that they have a better rotation than, you know, outside of Otani, I think the Rangers have a better rotation than, than the Angels, um, which I know it's not saying a whole lot, but still, the Rangers aren't, aren't a terrible team. Going up from there, the Angels, um, I think I have them as a third-place team. I think most people do with the other two teams that I'll talk about in a second. We have the same conversation every year about the Angels. I mean, you know, they make a couple additions here or there. We all know the story. It's Shohei Otani. It's Mike Trout. There's Anthony Rendon, though. His, Zach, you might know. What's, are you familiar with Anthony Rendon's situation right now? I know he was hurt. Um, yeah, he's he's healthy to start the year. Uh, he's healthy. How okay. long that? How long that lasts is anybody's <laughs> guess. Uh, but yeah, you should be healthy, ready to go for opening day. Okay. Yeah. So Rendon, obviously, he underperformed um, when he did play with the Angels. Um, there are people who say that he's kind of out of it. Um, there's a lot of people around him who say he's he's really playing at this point because he's getting paid to play. Rendon seems to have kind of lost that that passion for the game maybe that we saw him have when he made those deep runs with Washington and then won um, in 19. He seems kind of disconnected from the team. Um, so I really wouldn't, I don't see him as a huge factor in their success, what, but if for he whatever turns it around, worth, you know. For whatever it's worth, he's hitting 444 with two homers in spring training. So there we go. So Anthony Rendon, you know, I'll go back on that. I, I do think if Rendon performs, that's a huge piece of their offense, obviously. We know what Rendon can be. Um, but with the Angels, it hasn't really been about their offense. We know it's not their offense. That's not, that's not really a problem. Um, the problem lies in the pitching, which has really not gotten significantly better. Um, we don't really need to talk about the bullpen either. Again, not a whole lot better. Um, so that's why I'd keep them as a third-place team. I think they're, you know, you've probably got to trade some guys um, and probably let and they're going to let, I think, Otani is going to leave, um, stuff like that, which is conversation for next offseason, obviously. But Angels, third-place team, just not enough there pitching-wise. Um, offense is is good enough. Um, I think, like, an Angels team that has the Rangers rotation um, is, you know, is probably competing with the Seattle Mariners or getting closer to it, um, but still just not enough there. And then I'll just talk about the top two teams. I really like the Seattle Mariners. I was high on them last year, um, and I'm high on them again. It's a super exciting team. Lots of young talent. Obviously, we know Julio Rodriguez. They added Tasker Hernandez, so added offense there in Seattle. I believe they lost Kaniger 
Um, he left for San Francisco. So not a huge blow, but still he was a, you know, he was a big part of their offense um, in recent years and their pitching, I think is, is very good, but there are questions about Logan Gilbert. Uh, there was a great, you know, foolish baseball um, put out some good numbers showing why he does, you know, he, he thinks Gilbert could regress a bit um, just based on his, his secondary pitches, not being um, expected numbers. there not being great. Um, but I still think Seattle's probably a second place team, but they're like the blue Jays for me. They could easily um, make a run at this, especially with Houston um, losing Verlander. Um, and I'll finish with Houston who favored again, won the world series last year. We know what they are. Um, they just do it every year. <laughs> you know, they are, they're, they're, I think they're arguably better than the Dodgers in the past decade. Right. When you talk about winning championships, 2017, sure. Tainted, but They've gone to the championship series, I think, what, five years in a row or five of the last six? Every, so, every, they've been to the every year. Every, every year since 2017. Okay, so they've been there. Um, and so I think, you know, they have the experience. They have lost some guys, like I mentioned, but Jordan Alvarez, I think he's still questionable, but he'll, he should be healthy. Um, yeah, he's back. And that's he's a back. team that has offense, that has pitching, that has defense, that has it all. So I'd still take them to win that division. Um, Zach, what do you think about the Astros? Yeah, if if you ask me, I think if if Jose Altuve did not get hit by that pitch in the WBC, there's no doubt about it, this team's winning the division again. But now that he's out for two months, right into their depth a little bit, I think it's a really, really close race. And I like the comp of the Jays and Yankees there because it's kind of been like the team that's been there every single year, year in, year out for so long and then the up and coming team with the young talent that changes a couple things up a little bit really right on their tail um the astros pitching is crazy deep despite the fact that they lost verlander they still got framber valdez who basically is a lock for a quality start every single game the young guys of luis garcia and christian javier and hunter brown who will start the season on the il but he'll be back Lance McCullough is also hurt, but there's just so much depth here um, in the rotation. And then even bullpen, it gets better. Like Ryan Presley is a great closer. Rafael Montero, um, Ryan Stanek, uh, lots of other guys that are I'm blanking on off the top of my head, but just their bullpen is so deep. But we see it in the postseason, it's full of swing and miss. It gives you some different arm angles, um, lefty righty balance. Like there's. And, it's kind of crazy how good they've been at developing relievers on top of everything else they've been able to do. Um, so I still think they will win this division because of that depth that they have on the pitching side. It's just a little bit thinner on the offense, which is why I'm a little worried. We've seen some kind of declining season from Bregman in recent years, not quite where he was um, pre-2020. Um but Jordan Alvarez is the perennial MVP candidate just because of his bat. Like, he probably won't win because he's a DH, but his bat is just elite. Um, so we'll see. They've lost, you know, in now consecutive off seasons, they've lost Springer, they've lost Correa, now they've lost Verlander, and they're going to be two months without Altuve. How is that going to impact them? Is it finally going to catch up to them? We'll see. I really think it might just slow them, if anything, more than not winning the division. Um, the Mariners, not going to talk too much about them just because you've covered it pretty much, but 
another up and coming team that could definitely compete for a World Series this year. I see them making the wild card kind of similar to what happened this past season. I know we're not going crazy bold with anything so far, um, but it's just kind of hard to expect so much dif- different differences uh, this early on where, where there wasn't a dramatic amount of change this offseason, I feel like, for many teams, um, especially in the AL. So Mariners are second. I'll take that. Um, pretty good pitching, although the starting rotation does have some question marks. I think George Kirby is going to take a massive leap forward. He's a really exciting arm to me. But like you said, Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray, kind of, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some regression there. Uh, but Luis Castillo, another formidable ace at top of their rotation, who is just disgusting. Uh, I'm, he's a really good pitcher. Um, and so that's a, it's still a good one-two punch with Kirby and, and Castillo. Uh, offensively, like you said, added to Oscar. They did that lose Winker, but the, he didn't really provide much last year, but they did fill in some other areas. I think the really big wild card on this team is kind of, no doubt, Jerry Kelnick. Is he finally going to live up to anything close to the hype he had a couple of years ago? If not, like left field's a really big liability for them um, because he just hasn't been able to provide anything for years. Uh, but but if he can kind of step up even to a fraction of what he was supposed to be, like just be serviceable, he's already a good defender. So that's a big upgrade. But Julio, well, I think Julio's going to be my MVP candidate this year. I think he's my MVP pick. He's so fun to watch. He's electric. He's five to a player. Uh, and, you know, had one of the best rookie seasons in recent memory, and I would not be surprised at all if he's in that MVP conversation. Actually, I take that back. He's going to win, though, because Otani. But anyway, uh, and then speaking of Otani, the Angels, like you said, same old story every single year. You know, no good pitching other than Otani. And beyond Trout Otani, and maybe Taylor Ward, maybe uh, Rendon, not much there. So I kind of think the Rangers actually might overtake the Angels this year. I like the Angels, uh, the Rangers for one reason, uh, beyond the stars, and that's the starting pitching depth, which you kind of touched on. But they really did a good job signing a bunch of guys this year. Nate Evaldi, uh, Odorizzi is going to start the year on the IL, but he's depth. Um, Andrew Heaney was a nice add. And uh, there's one more. But it's a good... It's a solid rotation. It's not elite beyond Grom, but it's solid. And they have, I think, six starters, including Odorizzi. So back to five, but a good a good amount of depth to start the year off for them. Uh, if if some of their young players like Josh Young at uh, at third base, uh, maybe even Sam Huff behind the plate, although it's looking less likely, can take steps forward, that would be huge. And Adolis Garcia is another kind of guy who's like pretty underrated and I think might improve with the shift ban as well. Um, and then really the A's, the only thing to talk about there is like the fact that they are probably in one of their last five years, if that, in Oakland. Not much else. Like They're not good, not fun. They traded everyone. They're not in it. They're not trying to spend money. End of conversation. So that'll wrap it up for the AL. We have the, both of us have the Yankees Guardians and Astros winning the division. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we're, we're we agree on everything this time, right? And yeah, who do you take as wild card teams? I don't think we talked about that. We ta- I had Jays, Mariners, and I got to think about this last one, but I'm gonna go with the. Um, I'm gonna go bold and say the Rangers. I don't know if I totally believe it, but I'm just gonna go all in on Texas because I think 
their owner is so desperate to spend, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like a just above 500 team, like if they go all in on a trade deadline acquisition. That's an interesting one. So you're, you're picking, you've got Texas, so for your wildcard teams, that makes what, Texas? Texas, Toronto, and Seattle. Texas, Toronto, and Seattle. I don't disagree, but I'm going to pick a different, I'll pick a different kind of uh, outlier. Um, I'll take Baltimore. Um, I think, yeah, people don't expect them to do what they did last year and get really close. But I don't think it's impossible, especially with all the prospects they have. Um, and if those guys can come up and, and make I'm not sure what the news was on uh, Grayson Rodriguez today. I know there was he didn't he did make not the make team, the team. Right? He was supposed. This is a super interesting. I think that's case. that's he a service time, right? That's a service. No, 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 time. no, 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 no. He they had previously announced that he was going to make the team, and then he was so uh-huh. bad in spring training that they said, "Nope, you're going back to AAA." So, all right. Well, maybe he figures it out, and then he uh, he comes up because obviously, super talented player. It's not like he's. It's not like that talent's all gone all of a sudden. For course. sure, for sure. So, but... he's a guy who I think is definitely still you know, very much in contention to help that team out. Um, so I'll take him. I don't, I, I don't think it'll really happen, but for an outlier, why not? Okay, I'm going to update my pick because I'm going bold. Okay. I, I'm now removing the Rangers. I'm going to take the Angels, switching my LF team. Now, I know I That'd be so fun. That. That'd be I, awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm contradicting myself fully because I said I think the Rangers will overtake the Angels this year. Part of me still believes that's true. <laughs> Um, and no, I'm not an idiot. I know that if the that that they're not all making the the wild card, but I don't know. I feel like the Angels a are going to benefit outside the AL West because they are so bad against the Astros, and uh, although Mike Trout breaks against the Mariners, but like they're just they've been not good against the Astros. Against everybody, I mean. uh, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's something like this team is going to go. I think this is going to be the least close to 500 they've been in a while like in this Trout-Otani era, I think they're going to be way better than we think or way worse. Like, it's either going to be they finally gel, they finally have just enough pitching to get them there, and they can mm-hmm. make, it, make a trade deadline acquisition, or it's going to be falling apart quick, and the storylines for half the season are where, where is Otani going, yada, yada, yada. My Trout um, trade request, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but that being said, like, Moreno... Artie Moreno, their owner, knows that they have zero chance of keeping Shohei if they don't win. And Shohei is like the biggest asset in Major League Baseball, basically, from a financial standpoint. So if they're even remotely close to contention, you better believe that they're going all in on that third wildcard spot. Because at this point, making the third wildcard spot is is massive progress. Um, We saw how fun it was. Although they weren't, they haven't been close in the recent years. But if they, if they even are above 500, even if they have like a, just a, a tiny little shot at making the wild card, I think they're going all in. Um, because if they don't, it's kind of pointless anyway because Otani's gone and then they're going to need to rebuild it regardless. So we'll see how their season goes. They're the biggest swing team, I'd say. That's the best way to put it. Um, and I still wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers surprised some people as well. I'm looking for that second day OS team to surprise some people. I hope it's the Angels just because I want Otani and Trout in the playoffs, but we'll see what happens. Wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't happen, but that's my bold take of the day that they are going to make it. 
Okay, I don't hate it. I, I, it's bold. It's definitely bold. It's bold. It would be really fun. I mean, nobody would be complaining about it for yeah. sure. But yeah, you're right about those storylines too. If that create, if they're, I mean, we're talking about them now, right? And the season hasn't even started. If it's, it's less than a month and they're ten games below it, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if it all of a sudden shifts to that. Just because the nobody would really believe in that team to pull themselves out of a hole like that when they can't even. I mean, you know what I mean. So. Oh yeah, I look like I wouldn't be shocked if they suck. It's just. Yeah. I'm go. I, I think they there's like there's pressure on them so much more than normal because of Otani's looming free agency that like there's so much pressure for them not to suck that maybe they won't, but also it will make them suck more because there's more pressure. Like, I don't know. That's why they're such a swing team for me. I know it's kind of being redundant and kind of obvious, like they're either going to be good or not, but like, I kind of think they might, this might be the year. I've never been on the Angels train up till this year, but I'll, I'll submit my pick for them. I might look like an idiot, but I'll take it. All right, so there we go. That'll have it for our uh, AL predictions. We are going to be back tomorrow. So just uh, we're going to get both of these episodes up before opening day. So back tomorrow, Wednesday, upload for our NL predictions and World Series predictions. So thank you for listening to this episode with our AL predictions. And hope you enjoyed. Let us know what you think about it and if you agree or not. And we will be back tomorrow with more. Thanks again for listening. We will see you guys in the next one tomorrow.